Welcome to the Weight Loss for South Asian Women Professionals podcast. I'm your host, certified life and weight loss coach and physician, Dr. Amruti Chowdhury, MBBS. I lost over 92 pounds using the mind management tools I teach. In this podcast, you will learn how to lose weight for the last time by taking control of your mind. Once you deal with the mental weight, the physical weight will be much easier to release. If you're ready for a fresh new perspective on weight loss, you're in the right place. Hello ladies, welcome to the podcast. Today I have a special treat for you. I have Dr. Jasmine Dargan, who is a former client of mine. And today we are going to be talking about some of the things that have helped her and some of the tools that she has used to actually maintain her weight loss. Because I know that one of the problems that people think about when they think about coaching is, will I actually be able to maintain my weight? And so she talks about how the tools she has learned in coaching have helped her to maintain her weight loss and not gain any further weight, which has been a real treat for her. So for anyone who is interested, I am currently enrolling for my group coaching program. So if you would like to join the September group coaching program, the enrollment is still open and will be open up until the 17th of September. So if you would like to have a free consult to see if we're a good fit for working with each other, then please contact me and I will be able to arrange a consult for you. And I am doing consults up until the week after. So we start the group coaching program on the 29th of September 2021 and it will be absolutely amazing. So I look forward to welcoming you. Okay, let's get into the podcast. So hello, welcome. On this podcast today, we have Dr. Jasmine Largan. She is one of my amazing clients who has a few months ago finished our coaching relationship together. So I wanted to bring her on to talk about her experience and to get an experience about what it's been like after she finished coaching. So Jazz, why don't you introduce yourself? Hi, I'm uh, Jasmine. Thank you for having me, Amruti. So I've been coaching with Amruti, well, I had been coaching for nine months Mm -hmm. and Before that, I tried other things to lose weight, like I was doing intermittent fasting Mm -hmm. and I do a lot of running and did Slimming World, did Weight Watchers. Mm -hmm. So I've tried all sorts and and then across Amruti in a Facebook group and then I approached you and then that's when we got started. Yeah. So tell, tell us about what it was like for you as a GP when you were overweight and you were trying all these different things and what was going on through your brain at that time? So I've been a GP for over 10 years and Mm. when I was telling my patients about losing weight Mm. or you know eating healthily or you know you've got diabetes you need to start cutting out this and that and I used to feel it would be nice if I am the natch I am a you know at a normal healthy weight because I was Mm. overweight for as far as I can remember finishing med school I Mm -hmm. gained weight and then after that I could never lose that extra weight that Mm. I had and even through childbirth and all those life I have two boys and so I had gained about 10 kilos which 
I've always wanted to lose that 10 kilos and I could mm -hmm. never, I never had this goal of going back to my medical school weight, but mm -hmm. I thought if I could lose 10 kilos, I will be happy with that. Yeah. I was advising my patients to do that. I was thinking, why can't I do that? Why can't mm -hmm. I lose the weight? Yeah. And that's really common between the high performing professionals that I that I coach, right? A lot of doctors, a lot of, you know, people in the science field, a lot of people who are like very educated and stuff. But we don't get taught this at school, right? We don't get taught how to manage our emotions. We don't get taught how to access our thinking and learn the tools to change that, right? And so we often go into this shame and self-judgment cycle, which then keeps getting worse and makes the problem worse and worse because we don't like that shame and that self-criticism. So we end up going to something that actually makes us feel better, which in our case is food, right? And so we're using that food to push away that negative emotion, which is often the case. So tell me, like, what made you decide on coaching then in the end? So I was not aware of I mean I even though I was a GP I wasn't aware that it was my thinking which was keeping mm. me away so I found that when I started looking into it through the intermittent fasting group and came across coaching as a tool to help weight loss I was thinking I was a bit skeptical I thought how can mm. coaching help I mean yeah. what is this life coaching about I don't need any life coaching. My career is made. I know where I'm heading. Mm. I've got a good life. I don't need somebody to tell me what to do. Yeah. And I, I never, never sort of thought that this is the route to weight loss or mm. any other goal you want to achieve. Mm. And that actually blew my mind that I'm emotionally eating over the, all over the time when I'm overweight. That's what I'm doing. I'm mm. eating because of my emotions. Mm. So, Yeah. And how was that showing up for you? Because a lot of people think emotional overeating means I'm stressed, I'm going to eat the cupcake, but it often isn't the case. Um, so I kind of just wanted to get an insight on for you, how was that showing up for you? So it would be, I'm very busy. I need to eat now because I don't have, or I have to go running or I have to pick kids. What, what can I eat now? And it used to be unhealthy food. So mm. I never made time for myself. Mm. I would always just open the fridge snack on something and sometimes mm. it could be just the fruit which we would say is healthy mm. but I'm sort of snacking throughout the day without realizing or giving yeah. myself time to sit down and eat mm. so that's what we often do isn't it we often grab it grab the food as and when we go not actually take the time to take you know to you know sit down and eat and actually make that a routine for ourselves right yeah so I wasn't like depressed or stressed and I'm yeah. eating as a result mm. I was busy and I was just you know oh I've got and I'm going for a run I need to have something in my body before mm. I go for a run so I need to mm. eat something so I would eat although it seems healthy fruit but it's still got lots of sugar to spike your insulin yeah and so it would actually make me gain weight rather than help me lose weight exactly right so a lot of people think like all the foods that they're eating like a lot of people who come on consults say I eat very healthily but then when we actually when they actually get coaching they realize that actually what they think is healthy may not actually be healthy and it's all about what actually spikes your insulin and what actually how it affects your hormones internally right and it's different for different people so that's really interesting tell me about how being Indian and being from the South Asian culture has impacted the way you think about food and how coaching has helped with that 
So food is the central thing for every celebration. I mean, yes. there's no celebration without mitai, there's no without, you know, fried food. Mm. And um, the first thing you go to in weddings is food. Any mm. celebration, there has to be a huge cake. So yeah. the food is, is like something you bond over. So, mm. so if you go to somebody, say if you're visiting friends and if you say, oh, I'm not having food today or it's not in my protocol, for example, They'll be looking at me thinking, she's weird. Yeah. She's rejecting us because yes. she's holier than thou. She doesn't want to eat the food that we are eating. Or mm. It's like drinking, isn't it? If you go mm -hmm. out with your friends and you say, oh, actually, I'm not drinking. Mm -hmm. They just go, oh, why have you come out then if you're not drinking? Yes. Right. So what did you have to deal with and how did coaching help with that so that you could still kind of socialize and not have to kind of, go against what you actually wanted to do internally so you didn't have to people please others so that you could feel better so tell me about how coaching helped with that so I think the first thing was it made me recognize that I'm a people pleaser mm. so to not offend anyone I would go along with it mm. but that helped me understand if I'm eating something when I'm going out it's because I have chosen to eat rather than the hosts or it's to please my friends or the family mm. so I think it that was the first step to recognize that mm -hmm. actually mm -hmm. my body doesn't need it I don't want to I don't even fancy it yeah so it's it's just recognizing that I need it and how will I feel after I've eaten it mm. so having a little bit of a pause before this yeah preempting it knowing that I'm going to this party it's gonna happen mm. and then you can either I, what I would do is I would either go for options which fit in my protocol mm -hmm. like protein stuff or you know have chane without the patura or mm. things like that and how was that for you because initially I know there was a lot of resistance you were, you said to me often am I not ever going to be able to have alo de pronte and I <laughs> and what was my response to you like what did you remember that conversation yeah, I remember I remember you'd said that yes you can have it if you choose to have it mm. it's on my protocol and mm. I would sometimes have it I might have it once a month or something yeah. if I'm cooking it yeah. but I I don't fancy it anymore it's not something which I'm like oh my god alu parata is like it yeah. used to be the holy grail of yeah. breakfast <laughs> yes I know so I completely see what you're coming from but what, what I hear you saying is your desire for that food that you used to love has decreased dramatically and so you can still eat it you still put it on your protocol and you still eat it but now what I hear you saying is you have it now and again, you don't have to have it all the time. And when you do have it, you eat it mindfully. You don't go off and eat so much of it because you need that. It's kind of like you're eating it because you want it and you're yeah. okay with having, you know, eating to fullness and then stopping, right? Yeah, yeah. And I think what I've realized Finman, after finished coaching was it's a slippery slope. So if you start having it, your body craves it more. Mm. Something about this flour and sugar. Yes, totally. You, once you've given in and if you are not regimental the next few days I would want to have it all the time it just yep. those like in my brain I've got receptors for them or something yep. it's true because what happens is uh, your desire increases because when you have sugar and flour remember what happens is your urges increase the urges are stronger they're much more frequent and they're going to come like hard and fast basically and so it's because your primitive brain you know the animal part of your brain has said oh I got this I got a really big dopamine hit in my brain. So I really liked this. 
and your brain thinks that it's essential for your survival right and so that's why it kind of wants you to have more and more of it and it will make you more hungry it will make you more sluggish and kind of like tired and things and so when you stop having it and then you start having it you realize the effects it has on your body right so tell me what what the effects were like for you so I would feel tired I would have low motivation Mm. poor self-control I would just then once I've eaten and there was this thing in my mind eating because I ate that feeling that because I've eaten that I'm just gonna let it go so yes anything and everything that comes my way Mm. so it's like that all or nothing thinking isn't it something that we worked through where when you've eaten off your protocol once you think that you failed so you might as well eat 10 other things off your protocol that same day because if you've already failed you might as well like you know yeah exactly (laughs) it's just like punishing yourself for Mm. going off protocol Mm. so what I've learned is I need to sort of be kind to myself yeah and if I've eaten something I try to focus on now and moving forward rather Mm. than keep beating myself off because I know more of the scales will be showing that I have gained Mm -hmm. just like I did a, a half marathon a couple of days ago and I had to eat pasta and pizza to just fill up you know the carbs to and fill up your glycogen stores, right? For the for the marathon. Yeah, for yeah. The marathon. And then I and I was I knew next day my weight will be up. Mm. And predictably it was up. Mm-hmm. But I didn't go, oh my God, what have I done? Mm. I shouldn't have done that. I didn't regret it. Yeah. I knew I was I was expecting it. Yeah. And now I'm just working on my psychology of, you know, just writing down what I'm gonna eat the next day, yeah. being kind to myself and doing thought downloads. Mm. So these are the tools that we learned during coaching, isn't it? So we taught you how to plan your food and eat only that, to feel your emotions so that you're not using food to make you feel better. And as as we talked about, it doesn't have to be like as obvious. It may be a bit of boredom in the evening. So let me go and check the fridge. Or it may be to enhance a positive emotion. It may be, oh, I'm going to a wedding. I haven't been to a wedding in ages. Let me eat it. Or it may be to push away embarrassment because the kids have left over the food. So you're kind of just going to eat it, right? So I teach you how to feel your emotions, feel your urges so that when you plan something and then someone brings in the chocolate cake to work, you're like, oh, well, I don't actually have to have it I can process my urge and then I can still stick to what I had planned right and then we teach how to eat to hunger so actually balance your hunger hormones firstly so that you are getting appetite corrected and eating how much your body actually needs and then how to become aware of your mind right so the thought downloads and starting to self-coach yourself right so what weight did you start off at what was your weight after coaching and talk about the the things that you gained from coaching that you didn't expect okay so I started at um at my heaviest, I was 78 kilos mm-hmm. and I had got it down to 71, 72 with intermittent fasting. Mm-hmm. And basically I was trying to starve myself and not eat much mm-hmm. and I wasn't happy, but I was doing it. And yeah. then it became stagnant at 68 to 70. It would keep fluctuating. Mm-hmm. My goal weight was 65 because I was thinking that 65 is puts me in the healthy BMI. and Yeah, so you were quite near the healthy BMI when you actually started coaching, right? So it's yeah. not that, like, so we were expecting your weight loss to be slower because the, the closer you get to normal BMI, the harder it tends to become, right? Yeah. But tell us about your, your journey. So then I, when I started coaching with you at that weight, 68-ish, I started losing and I actually went all the way to 59. Woo! 
So you last what fifty nine? So you started at sixty eight, did you? Yeah. yeah. So my goal weight. I mean, I remember you had said pick a goal weight, and I was thinking sixty five. It's just it's just so I achieved sixty five very quickly, and then I thought, what actually is my goal weight? So then I thought mm-hmm. about that, and I thought. When I got married, I was 58 and I thought, oh, it'll be fun if I achieve that. Mm. So I put that down and I never, ever in my dreams had thought that I'll achieve that. Mm. Never. I just thought this is just not possible. Yeah. Then with your help, I was able to go down to 59. And when I went to 59, I didn't like how thin I looked. Mm. So I thought it'll be good to actually gain a couple of kilos. Mm. So then I look, my face had become quite thin. Okay. Um, so I wanted to maybe gain a couple kilos. Yeah. So I said, well, 60 is a good whole number. Mm. I'll stay there and then ping pong based on, you know, hormones. and Yeah. So you were able to kind of like lose way more than you thought you could. But yeah. the only thing that was limiting you was your thinking. Your thinking was, no, I can't get below 65. And I when know. we challenged that in your coaching calls, that's when we were able to see that it was just your own brain creating that barrier for you, right? Yeah, absolutely. Right. So a lot of people think, oh, well, you know, how is this thoughts, feeling stuff going to help with weight loss? So tell me how that has benefited you. It is quite strange, actually. You don't realize that how much emotionally we eat. Mm -hmm. So knowing what you're thinking and what you're feeling Mm -hmm. helps you, you know, focus on actual problem rather than just randomly walk into kitchen and stuff your face. Mm -hmm. What you want to do is stop your brain from thinking those negative thoughts or feeling those negative emotions mm. and you just want your tummy to be full so that the body is actually functioning, I think, on something else, which is more comfortable. Yeah, so it's distracting you, right? So basically what it's doing is it's pushing away, it's distracting yourself from the negative emotion yes. so that you feel good in the moment because that's what food yeah. does, right? It's a buffer, yeah. which means yeah. you're pushing away your negative emotion and you get, you get like pleasure in the short term. Your yeah. brain is like, wow, that was pleasurable. Do give me more of it. But there's always yeah. a net negative. So there's always a, you're going to be gaining weight. You're going to be feeling sluggish. You're going to be feeling, you know, annoyed at yourself, self-critical. You know, your clothes may be tighter. So there's always a net negative from that. So the alternative is to feel your emotions, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's why so I know. I know that um, initially we had a little bit of resistance with that because you were like, I don't have emotions. I don't feel emotions. What is this? Like, you know, and tell us. That's how far removed. That's how far removed I was from feeling my own emotions. I was like, I don't have, I have nothing to write in the thought download. Nothing to download. I am an open book. This is what I am. But I think I realized that there was, there's lots going on under the surface, Mm. which once you start writing you, it will come up Mm. and even the thoughts you hadn't thought. So now I can't wait for the evening to for so I can go down and write down my thoughts and clear my brain and then go off to sleep. Yeah. And how has that impacted your sleep? So I'm, I'm sleeping a lot better, obviously. There's no tossing and turning to think of. I need to mm. do this I need to do that so the other thing I do is Monday hour one mm-hmm. Really. Mm-hmm. Um, so everything comes out and it's all written down I've mm. all planned mm. and so it, it's sort of taken a lot of stress out I'm not constantly mm. firefighting I've forgotten this I've forgotten that mm. Mm. it's all planned mm. so and I had thought it would be boring I'll be honest I had thought yeah. that life will be so boring I'm eating 
predictable food and mm. but I'm not I think it's more liberating because mm. I know food is sorted mm. and I know tomorrow the scales will not be shocking me mm. because I would have the, could the scales shock you though they do still shock me and then I just go, <laughs> so okay. just just to clarify it's not the scales that are shocking you it's you're thinking about the scales right? I know I know <laughs> I look at that and I'm like okay what did I do yesterday mm. So I now think, you're yeah. you're more curious, right? So when the yeah. when the scales go up or down, so like for example, when you you know carb loaded for your marathon and your weight went up, you didn't have a shock thinking ah this has gone up and it's the end of the world. Yeah. It was more like okay, let me be curious about this. How yeah. why why is this happening? What you know, and then kind of problem solving and and not yeah. making it a big deal, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. So a lot of people say coaching is very expensive for the time period. So for six months. So I kind of wanted to ask the tools that we learned during the coaching period that we had. Tell me how you've been using them even after we stopped coaching. So it does help you. I think it's helped me in all the aspects of my life because Mm. it's helped me look at my goals, my relationships. Mm. I'm, I'm using the same tools to plan ahead, to mm. know what, how to deal with. So there will always be negative emotions. Yeah. You know, people will say something, something happens at work. So I can use those same tools to actually write down, find out what's going on. Why am I feeling like this mm. rather than just go for the chocolate bar? Yeah. So, that has helped me sort out. And I think I'm a better person just by the fact that I am, I'm more centered. I am, I'm mm. more uh, open. I, I can sort of, if people say something and if I don't like it and I just think, oh, it's actually my thoughts yes. rather than what they have said, because mm. what they have said is neutral. Mm. And what I'm thinking is what is making me feel how exactly. I'm feeling. Yes. So what I hear you saying is you're taking responsibility for your own thinking, creating how you feel rather than blaming others for them making you feel a certain way. Right. Because that's not possible, isn't it? Yes, absolutely. Mm. So tell me how, firstly, you told me that you'd maintained your weight, right? So even after the coaching relationship, you've maintained your weight. So, you know, a lot of people think, oh, well, when I stop coaching, then I will, you know, gain all that weight back that I, that I put on. And you were on the lower side of BMI and you still haven't put on any weight. So congratulations to you. you. And this kind of just shows that when you are learning how to manage your mind, it's permanent, right? Because you're dealing with the underlying reason for taking the actions of overeating, right? When we're dealing with our thoughts and our feelings, which are then creating our actions and and our current results, that's when we can really get to the root cause of why all of this is happening, right? Yeah. So tell me, you lost weight, but how else did the coaching impact your life? So my relationship with my husband has improved. Mm. Definitely. I would say that it's more open. It's more loving. Um, Mm. I don't have that manual for him that you remember Mm. we talked about manuals. Yeah. So tell, so explain to people what that means because they may not know um, what a manual is, but um, we talked about it a lot in coaching. Yeah. Yeah. So a manual is uh, when you expect the other person to do certain things because Mm. that's what you think they should be doing. Yes. So And if they don't do it, then you think you get cross with them Mm. because they are not following your manual. So so I realized actually I had manual for my kids. Mm. I had manual for my husband and even sometimes for my staff. Mm. 
Mm. And just recognizing that has helped me understand where they're coming from. And, you know, they do not know that I expect them to do this. Yes, exactly. So I've told them things like, oh, can you please put your plates away when you finished or clean up after you and this and that. So, so that's helped because I'm not coming from a place of being cross, but Mm. I'm more loving and so it, well, um, well, just to add to that, a manual is when you have basically got an instruction manual for someone else and you're expecting them to do something so that you can feel a certain emotion. So, for example, I used to say to my husband, can you go and put the put the rubbish out? And when he didn't go and put the rubbish out there and then I'd make it mean something about myself. So I'd make it mean like he's not listening to me. He doesn't respect me and all of this kind of drama that would then go on in my brain. So a manual, when you're dropping the instruction manual for them, what you're doing is you're retaining the control over your own emotions. So you can still then make a request. You can still say, would you still um, put the rubbish out? And whether they do it or they they don't do it, you get to feel how you want to feel. So if they do it, all well and good. If they don't do it, all well and good, because you have retained that control over your own own emotions, right? So that's why when when you're able to practice that skill, it affects all relationships in your life, right? So with your husband, with with your kids, your staff, because you're then able to retain that control over, oh, okay, it's my thinking that's creating how I feel, not the other person. So I don't need the other person to change so that I can feel better right? Yeah. So tell me how this has impacted your practice as a GP. I'm certainly quite, um, well, I have, I am an empathic doctor. I'd like to believe that. And I, you are definitely. Yeah, I am. I think I'm kinder to them and I understand, you know, the trouble and the the pains they're going through Mm. to lose weight because I know it's not easy. It's Mm. not easy. I encourage them to write down their thoughts and, Mm. Lots of them have, in fact, I had one patient who kept coming back to me every, so we <laughs> had a pact almost every month. He would tell me how he's doing and stuff. Yeah. And, how he's doing. and he did really well. Uh, he had cancer and his oncologist mm-hmm. wrote to me and said, I believe with your guidance, he's managed to lose this weight. And, mm. and so that was quite, it's really good. It feels quite um, yeah. satisfying. Yeah. And so you're not only like, impacting yourself but you're impacting your patients through your coaching as well right which is amazing and tell me how it's impacted your family so you already said that you're much um, calmer with your husband much more loving tell me what else how else it's impacted your family so I I used to get quite stressed about time scarcity Mm. so I have learned there is time abundance there is plenty of time Mm. And if I don't have enough time to do something, there is always another option. There is always an option of cooking something quickly or Mm. having something from the freezer or, Mm. I mean, the drama is so much less. I mean, obviously there will be times when I have going on, Mm -hmm. but it is much less. It's not like, oh my God, I haven't got time for this. Oh my God. And I am not overwhelmed. I sort of think, okay, I don't have enough time, what can I do? So I'm more solution focused. Yeah. And the reason that you're able to do that is because you're not in such high emotions because you know how to feel those emotions that come up for you. And remember, when your emotions are high, your intelligence is going to be low. So when you are able to feel the emotions, you can actually gain from the wisdom of the higher part of your brain and actually make uh, decisions from a much cleaner and clearer place, right? Yeah. Yeah. So you're problem solving so much more, right? 
Yes, definitely. Yeah. And tell me how this has impacted your business. So I, I have set goals for my business. So I have decided to advertise for my cosmetic clinic. So what mm-hmm. I would is I would do is I would, so I told myself I'll do a weekly Instagram post mm-hmm. and I've managed to do that. that I had asked people for reviews mm-hmm. and I was, I was quite scared of asking for reviews. Mm-hmm. I thought, I don't know how they're going to respond, but mm-hmm. I got five-star reviews from everyone. Yay. See? So, so yeah. what I hear you saying is you were able to, through the um, coaching with regards to weight loss, you were able to be okay with feeling discomfort, discomfort yeah. of doing something hard because it's damn hard to feel urges initially when you're not used to feeling hur- urges. But the more you do it, the more you do it, the more you do it. It's like driving a car. Initially, it's hard, but then it gets much easier, right? Yeah. So it's the same thing. You're much more able to tolerate discomfort and do things that you feel like this is uncomfortable for me and then still go ahead and take action and do it anyway right yes absolutely yeah amazing so jazz this has been such a like an amazing journey for you in terms of like our last words i just wanted to get an idea from you so that you can tell the listeners what would your advice be for someone who's considering coaching but hasn't quite taken the plunge yet Oh, do it. This will be one of the best decisions of your life. It's going to change it. No matter how much money you have to spend to do it, you should do it because you can always earn that money. Mm. But to have this freedom, the freedom from your own mind, you know, your mind is is quite, uh, sometimes it can be quite devious and tell you that Mm. don't do that because it wants to stay in the same zones, be comfortable, like you say, Mm. you know, seek pleasure, be with, what were the three things you say? Seek pleasure, avoid pain and stay how you are. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's what it wants to do. That's why it wants to hang on to the money and not do and not feel the discomfort. But through mm-hmm. discomfort, you'll have growth. So yes. I, I definitely would recommend doing it. I think mm. it's been one of the best decisions of my life. Oh, thank you, Jazz. That is so heartwarming. And I love to hear about your stories. And even though we've finished our coaching relationship, we're still, you know, in contact and everything. And I love to hear about all of your stories and your successes. So it's so lovely to be, I still think of, think of myself as your coach. So um, it's <laughs> yeah. really a, a pleasure. Thank so thank you so much, Jasmine, for, well, Dr. Jasmine Dargan for coming on the podcast today and I wish you all the very best in your future endeavors thank you very much thanks for having me all right then take care bye-bye yes bye for more free resources and for information on how to work with me visit www.amruticoaching.com